Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here to live on Thursday night, February the 9th, 2017, I'm Dre, he's Jay, and we have all been witness to the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. There's no other way to describe it. It's just, it is what it is. It was awesome to watch for an actual sports fan. If you're a Brady hater, maybe not so much. If you're a Falcons fan, certainly not so much. But it was incredible to watch Tom Brady and the Patriots go down 25 to the Atlanta Falcons, rally all the way back, force overtime, and win it in overtime thanks to a coin toss. But the Falcons were allowed to stop them if they could. Jason, what can you possibly say about that incredible game? It was it was something to behold from a football perspective and from a, a fan's perspective, you being uh, the big Falcons fan on the show. Uh, what was it like going through the ups and downs of that game? Good day, mate. I was on our uh, I was on our show page today, and I realized that seven and a half percent of our listeners are from the great country of Australia. So ah. I had to I had to I mean, we we obviously need to get more rugby in our show in the future. <laughs> Not knowing, there's plenty- no clue. I had no clue that we had this too available to us. That yes. 86% of our listeners are here from the United States, which, which they should be. This is the American football show. But, hey, 7.58% of our listeners. And that's, that, that's not me or you, right? That, that's neither one of us. We know that. Um, I've never been to come, Australia, no. Come from the great country of Australia. So I had to put a little a little Australian flair into the show. We got to pander to the audience. You know how they're making movies now so that they play well in China just as well as they play in the United States because of the size of the audience there. Well, hey, when when we have that big of a share of our audience come from Australia, you, you got to slide something in there to keep those fans coming back. So I, I didn't know we were such a thing down under. Uh, I love Australia. I don't know, know anything about it, but I love you guys. No, uh, but we're not going to be doing rugby. They, there's plenty of places oh. for them to get that. They're here because of the way that we break down yes. American football. They're not here for the rugby. Trust me. Okay. Uh, we're also big in Burkina Faso, if that means anything. There's probably some, so probably some Nigerian princes there who are going to be sending us an email about some money that they have in receivership that they're going to need us to send our credit card numbers to here shortly. So, um, I was wondering, uh, I was wondering who those people were. Yeah. I've been receiving those emails for probably a good 15 years now. So I should get <laughs> we didn't know me. that they were all, we didn't know that they were all listeners to our show. Um, no, yeah, maybe you know, the Super Bowl, 
you know, you, you'll find this strange, but I'm 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 somewhat like okay with the Super Bowl, and you know, even being the Falcons fan, you, you saw a team that played so far over their heads through the through most of the third quarter of that game. You knew. You just knew. I I knew. I had that doubt in my mind all the way through that. Like they're they're not this good. And then I also had that doubt in my mind because I knew also the the Patriots aren't this bad. I mean, we saw because mm-hmm. we were living in Bizarro World for you know up and up until that game got to twenty eight to three, and and all of the underlying things that created the comeback are there in the early portion of the game. Falcons are one for eight on third down. Uh, you're not going to win many games that way. Um, every time Matt Ryan dropped back, like really dropped back, seven-step drops, you know, 10 yards deep into his backfield, he was getting sacked or heavily pressured. Falcons never adjusted for that. So that's all there early in the game as well. Matt Ryan early in the game was taking the same sacks and getting the same pressure from the the Patriots front as he got late, uh, it, it it and and then also the fact that the uh, Falcons defense was just living on the field. I mean, it's like Chip Kelly busted his way onto the Falcons sideline <laughs> or into their coaching box. So so all of the recipes were there. The rest of the, the ingredient that was missing, you know, all the ingredients were there. I should say the the thing that was missing was the Patriots playing well. And that was a function of the fact that, 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 that youthful flying after the football, everything that we admired about the Falcons defense, because their offense just wasn't on the field at all for these huge stretches uh, started to come true. And they were, they were knocking the hell out of Tom Brady, throwing them off, throwing them off his time. Everything that we talk about that teams have to do to Tom Brady, they were doing it. It slowly started to to loosen up a little bit. The receivers started to get more open. The pressure wasn't quite getting home as much. So so everything was there. You you saw a team again that played way too good against a team that was playing way too bad. I mean, you, the Patriots were not playing like the best team in football, which they clearly were. They had the best record in the league. Statistically, they were better than the Falcons overall as a team. They had a better defense, and they were the number two offense. And you had Atlanta playing so far over their heads. We also saw, with, with again, with, with youth comes in experience, a team that just didn't know how to handle the prosperity of being up so much and let it, and it slipped away. And I was, I was talking to people about the game. They, they deserved to lose. They totally earned the loss that that's on them. There were some little things within the game that bothered me um, specifically one play in the game. And I don't know if you're even going to be able to pick out which one I'm going to jump on here at some point during the show as the, the play in the game that made me the most angry because it didn't just, it wasn't just a it wasn't just a play it was something that tied into something that we talk about all the time that doesn't just have to do with Atlanta or New England and really ties back and this is where people if they want to think I'm saying this is a whining Falcons fans they can shut the hell up go back check the tape this is something that I was complaining about in the first few weeks of this season pretty heavily um, and it kind of reared its ugly head again and ended up changing the game 
in a huge negative way for the Falcons that nobody's talking about. Joe, even though Troy Aikman and Joe Buck both talked about it very briefly, it just got glossed over completely and all the coverage of the comeback and all the amazing thing that happened. Um, do you know which play I'm talking about? Oh man, there's, uh, I gave there's you so, so many, many clues. <laughs> I gave yeah, you I so know. many clues. As soon as I tell you what it is, you're going to know where I'm going with this because it's the one thing that I've been harping on a lot this year. Um, any clue? Because I don't want to spoil it for you. No, we, I gave you we, all the clues, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, we watch football in in somewhat different ways. So there's That's a true. couple of different turning points to the game from my viewpoint it might not be at all yep. what you're talking about so uh so, you can you, no, you go ahead and give your turning points and i'll give mine yeah so for me and it really hinged it wasn't it wasn't the strip sack on ryan that was huge but i'm talking mm-hmm. about that moment in the game where atlanta still could have won because there were a lot of moments like that but there was one moment where damn it right here they had that game and it wasn't a play. It was something that we've talked about all year. And it finally, even though I predicted this back in like week two and week three and all of our analyses of these games, about I'm seeing a trend here. I'm seeing something that's happening and this is going to rear its ugly head at one point. I'm talking about Mohamed Sanu getting his helmet almost ripped off and not called for a blatant face mask on the same play. On the same play that the Falcons get called for a hold that completely takes them out of field goal range. Now, oh, well, wait a minute. What are you talking about? It's just a no, no. But if that is called as a face mask, guess what we have? We have offsetting penalties and the Falcons get another chance to run that third down play still within Matt Bryant's range for the field goal. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to make it, but instead... We have an accepted penalty. They don't do anything on that third and forever or whatever it ended up being that they had. And they have to punt the ball back to the Patriots when they were obviously within field goal range. But that one, and I, and this is where people can't just say I'm saying this is a whining Falcons fan because you know I've been on this all year. Oh, yeah. Especially early in the season. I, I remember early in the season and people can check the tape. It's like in those first three weeks of recaps, I was talking about all the missed face mask calls. Like blatant, mm-hmm. like these are being obviously missed, and this is not a good sign. And there it was in the Super Bowl. The guy clearly, I mean, this, and it wasn't a bang bang play. I mean, you had Sanu go across the middle. He was just trying to get some of that penalty yardage back, which he did. Got that ball all the way back to about where the original line of scrimmage was at about the twenty-five, which puts him at about a forty-two yard field goal. Which at Matt Bryant's a very good kicker. You got to say the odds are probably what 90 percent that he makes that. Um blatantly just gets I saw the face mask live I was like oh he got tackled by his face and then they kind of like okay there's a flag on the play I'm like well hell yeah there's a flag on the play the guy just got tackled (laughs) by his face and then all of a sudden you hear Buck and Aikman well all the indications are that it's against Atlanta here and it's a hold and then they show the replay and well sure as shit Muhammad Sadu got tackled by his face with the ball so he, he, it was an on-the-ball call that just wasn't made. It's like, what was this referee looking at? And then they're, and then they're both saying, well, it looks like they both face-masked each other. That makes it even worse. <laughs> Neither That's one of them got what are these? So that just makes me sit there going, it's the Super Bowl. What are these guys watching? And this goes back to what I've been saying 
if everybody in America can watch somebody get tackled by their face, but you're going to leave it in this nebulous, it's a judgment call thing, you got to make that stuff reviewable because rather than wasting your challenge on the Edelman catch just because you were sort of like butthurt that he made that catch. So that was another, what is Dan Quinn doing? He caught the ball, never hit the ground. You're blowing your timeout that you needed, by the way, in that final minute. You could have used that timeout back, but then you have an obvious play like that 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 totally turns a field goal attempt into a punt, makes that potentially an eleven-point game instead of an eight-point game, and all that Patriots comeback just becomes what I predicted it would be, which was just garbage time. This is what Atlanta does: they they get the big lead, they loosen up, they slow down, they're too small. Everything that we talked about in the show is funny how we both had Atlanta getting up big and blowing it. You had them getting up by less and blowing it earlier, where I had them getting up huge and then blowing it basically late, but you know more of a, like a garbage time type thing. Like, ah, the Patriots will score enough to get close. Um, so we both saw that in Atlanta, but that to me, more than any of the actual X's and O's, because there was a lot of things happening on the field that you know made no sense especially for Atlanta. It's like they just totally forgot what they were doing. And God, you know, we got the tight sphincter, right? You got the, you got the tight sphincter a little bit. Um, but also boot. to have such a critical moment in the game and have a non-call on something that everybody can see. And now nobody talks about, by the way. That is not being no. talked about by anybody as one of those huge turning points because it was a completely blown call that ends up sending Atlanta backwards 10 yards and out of field goal range instead of just offsetting it. Hey, guess what? The sack hurt. Now it's third and now it's uh, third and 23 instead of third and 33, but now it's third and 23. And it's still though, even at third and 23, even if they just ran the ball up the gut and got two yards, they still had field goal distance. Um, at that more than anything, because I have talked about it a lot. So I've got some credibility here. I'm not just making this up on the spot. You know, my mantra has become review it all. Damn it. You know, I, I get that you can't review some of the stuff like pass interference. Okay. That's hard. You can't really review holding. I get it. That's hard, but you can definitely look at the tape and see if a guy got pulled down by his face. I can't take that away from you at all. And, and I'm not, going to try to take that away from you. It was a penalty on the Patriots cornerback whose name escapes me at the moment, but uh, it, it should have been called. I remember the play vividly as I was watching it. And here's why I glossed over it in my own mind and in my notes is because what you already mentioned uh, that Sanu was at the same time, reaching back, taking the face mask off of the defender at the same time. And so in my mind, I sort of canceled it out. Oh, well, they both were face masks. If he hadn't been reaching back and doing that to the defender and it was just a defender call that they missed, I probably would have wrote it down as whoops, really big missed call there, <laughs> but because they were doing it to each other. But you're absolutely right that even if they call it on both of them, it does create offsetting penalties and replay the down. So it still right. should have been called on both of them. And you're also right that it's not, it doesn't make it any better that the referee missed both of them doing face masks to each other because at that point you're going, well, why, what was the referee watching? Why is he there? Right. So I, on the I'm ball, I'm arguing any of that with you. Right. Totally on the ball. I mean, 
not an off the ball penalty. I mean, this is the runner with the ball. Usually the runner when when they miss face masks, it's usually in traffic. They also miss tons of face masks on sacks. All this emphasis on quarterbacks and safety. You got quarterbacks getting dragged down by their face masks. And it's like, oh, I didn't see anything. But you can't you can't graze your fingertips along the quarterback's helmet and not get a 15-yard penalty, but you can pull him down by his face, no problem. So to me, maybe and maybe this is as a fan, but to me, that was that moment that was like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Is this is this are we legacy building now? Because that was wrong. <laughs> Don't choke on your whistle. For a face mask, because there's enough stuff. It, it, the Patriots didn't need help. Atlanta was blowing everything perfectly fine all on their own. The Patriots didn't need any help. And that felt like the one moment when they got a little bit of an assist. That was the only time I didn't see anything else. No silly penalties. Uh, you know, and nobody on the, nobody on Atlanta went insane. Nobody pulled a Vontez perfect. Nobody started spearing guys. I mean, that was all X's and O's where they lost the game. But it was like that one moment that could have changed it and still kept them in field goal range and at least given them the chance to go up by 11 with four-ish minutes left in the game, you've got refs just totally boning face mask penalties. So I, I just don't want people to think that that's just a gripe because I would have, if that would have been Patriots, anybody else, another missed face mask, I was, because this has been my crusade, I would have been, I would have been maybe not as mad, but I would have been pretty mad. I would have made sure to point it out. Because I'm getting tired of that. No, you were talking about it, I believe, on our uh, maybe it was on our season-ending show about uh, our honors and dishonors. Again? You may have yeah. did you give a, an, an officiating award for that, or I did. I know we recently talked we definitely, about it. We definitely, somewhere in that show, it came up again yeah. about the about that about the poor officiating um, with with the just the the rash of missing of, of bad face mask calls, but that. This goes way back early into the season when one of the after shows, one of the not the after shows, but one of the recap shows, I started pointing out like, and I, and I stayed with it for a few weeks, like you know, I mean, another few really bad non calls here on and, and not face mask face mask calls that were wrong, where they called a face mask and they grabbed the shoulder, which we've seen we've seen that a lot, or the blow yeah. to the head call, which is clearly not a blow to the head, but the, because the hit was so violent and the head snap, call, I'm talking face mask guy grabbed by the face mask. And they were just missing them left and right. And it's like, well, here it was again at a moment when it needed to be called just to, to keep everything. Because, again, like I said, I saw the flag and I'm like, oh, man, that's a first down. We're going to be like the, the, the we're going to be at half the distance of the goal. We're going to be sitting at the 12, 13 yard line and we're just going to run the ball three times up the middle. And, you know, <laughs> make the Patriots burn their timeouts. I'm already thinking we got this now. Because they're going to call that. No, 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 holding on the Falcons. I'm like, well, wait, what about the face mask that I just saw happen live on TV? No, we didn't see that. Nothing to see here, folks. So that that's the one play. That, to me, was the, like, oh, boy, here we go. Because as soon as they had to punt and give the ball back to the pay, I knew. I knew. Yeah. Everyone knew. Yeah, everyone knew. That was the story. We had to have the storybook ending. Everybody knew what, what had to happen at that point. Well, the turning point to me was the the obvious one that I think everyone is talking about, which is you got the Patriots trying to mount this incredible comeback that no one's ever done from down 25, and they're doing all these slow, methodical drives that's bleeding the clock because they're trying to do 
at what it turned out to be the more important thing, which is instead of just trying to score as quick as possible, let's try to establish something on offense. Let's try to get a rhythm going and let's wear down the Atlanta defense and have them out here for long, long drives and get them right back out here for more long drives. And in the middle of all of that, because the clock is being bled so much, you're thinking, well, obviously uh, New England's defense needs to stop Atlanta and not just stop them. They need a pick six like Tom Brady gave up early in the yeah. game. They need some sort of turnover. And there's Matty Ice giving the ball up, getting the strip sack up. And what a huge, huge thing that, that that the Patriots needed. They needed that thing exactly at that moment in time. Uh, bad awareness, poor awareness by Matty Ice. Dante H- uh, Hightower got off the, the block of the running back, uh, Devontae Freeman. And Matty Ice never even looked that direction. He just kept staring down, staring left, as if he expected the running back to just pick up the, the blitzing linebacker. Really? The running back picks up the blitzing linebacker every time? Is Really? Is that how – that's how charmed the Falcons' offense has been this year. That's how charmed life has been for Matty Ice. He just expected it to get picked up because it always gets picked up. Uh, sure. No, well, it doesn't the whole, always I mean, get picked and, and, up. And where that's troublesome is because he'd been getting pressure on deep drops the whole game. Yeah. So there's the that there's that low AWR. There's that low yeah. awareness that we the, the Madden that we always talk about. Yeah. It was also with that size of a lead. You know, that's when you need to sort of like, okay, let's tone this down. Let's run some quick stuff. Let's you know enough with the enough with the seven step drop stop stop it none of those plays were working very well for them anyways they needed to cut that crap out start running some crosses start trying to get julio jones in some space you know they they clearly have the people to do it i mean look at the first play of the last drive where um the falcons got all the way down and then we had all the shenanigans down inside field goal range i mean the first play you just ran a little play action fake and tossed it right back to dante uh Devontae Freeman for like the longest play from scrimmage to scrimmage the whole game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. wh- that was what they needed to be set up for. Play action. Let's make them think we're just going to run the clock. Because the clock is your friend at that point. The only thing that really hurts you is turnovers. And, the, and, and you can't let them have anything easy. And you get you're, you get strip sacked at your own. I think it was around the 25-yard line. And, and the Patriots are right there. Like, here's a gift touchdown, basically, or here's at least gift points because even a field goal keeps the numbers going up, you know, starts putting that pressure more on the Falcons. But, yeah, that was just a total gift. So when they needed to tighten up and play smart and play conservative, it was like they, they just didn't know how. They, had never, they hadn't played that way all year. We're just going to be who we are and damn the torpedoes. And it, it, when 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 cooler i mean obviously i think if given the chance to do it all over they would have played it that way <laughs> they would have of course tightened the screws down a little bit you're in that moment and you get caught up in who you are you're also up huge in that game they haven't stopped you you know you, you've been having your way with them offensively for most of the game the best defense in football by the way remember you know, um, best scoring defense in football the best scoring defense in football that was just getting gashed matt ryan to that point had a perfect quarterback rating um, and still managed to put up ungodly numbers for the amount of limited time he was on the field. His, his yards per attempt was 11 or 12. It was pretty insane what they were doing. 17 of 23 for 284 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, he did not have a bad game, but he took bad sacks. <laughs> you know, 
doesn't show up in the stat line the same way as throwing a, a I don't know, a pick six does. The, the, so the Falcons only mm-hmm. had the one turnover. The Patriots had two, two big ones. Both resulted in touchdowns and points for the Falcons. So Atlanta did everything right until they stopped doing everything right. Then they just did everything wrong. I'd never <laughs> seen anything like that before. We're just like that, just changed immediately. It's like the good team became the bad team, and the bad team became the good team, and it had to happen that way. No other way could that have all happened and the Patriots win the game. It had to go down exactly that way. The The Falcons couldn't stop any two-point conversions. They just stopped. Everything that they were doing right ended, and Patriots just took over. Well, I would be disingenuous to say that I didn't appreciate in the moment the Falcons staying true to who they are and going for it because that drive <laughs> it's 28 to 20. That drive you're talking about, it starts with the, the Devante Freeman yeah. play action for 39 yards. You're going to put the game away with a, just a field goal because the exactly. next play after that is, is Julio Jones makes that disgusting 27 yard stretch catch, that, which, like, okay, which should this, have been the play of the game. That should have been, Oh my God. That should have been the cover that would right now be the cover of the DVD, by the way. <laughs> It would be him stretching out for that ball. Um, and that's the Falcons being Falcons yeah. and going for the jugular. Yeah. And I loved it at the time. Even as someone who picked the, the Patriots, I loved what they were yeah. doing at the time. They just got caught doing a little too much. And, and the big sack and the big holding penalty with yeah. the offsetting face mask that wasn't called uh, winds up taking Atlanta out of field goal range. But I'm not going to criticize uh, Kyle Shanahan and Matty Ice at all for, for what they were trying to do. They were trying to put that bitch away for good and and almost did it. And and I applaud and them for the big balls. And even though the Patriots came all the way back, you and I, I know both had the same thought. Matt Ryan's got the ball with 57 seconds and all he needs is a field goal. <laughs> We've seen this before. I was and, afraid and, of and, it. And Absolutely. I, I, and they they made a critical mistake on that, too. They threw a ball over the middle. They didn't have a second play called right away, and they wasted too much time, and they went and they had to do the all get everybody together and do the spike. The spike, to me, made yeah. no sense. They just needed to keep the Patriots napping, snap that thing real quick, and boom, try to get another quick hitter, um, and then go spike ball and leave your, you know. It, it, but, yeah, that whole thing felt sloppy. That last drive, because I, we've definitely seen Matt Ryan with 57 seconds and no timeouts left, um, take a team into field goal range, no problem. So I was like, oh, he's still got a chance here. I've seen him do this before. This is the way they've won many games with with me. So I, at that point, I was like, but once it went to overtime and the Patriots got the toss, I'm like, over. It's uh, it's done. Over. Oh, you saw the, it's over. You saw the Falcons' defense gassing, and you saw their tongues hanging oh out and God. guys breathing. Yeah breathing with their mouths open like they were playing in 90-degree weather, even though they're indoors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could tell. They were they were gassed. And who wouldn't be, be after on the play. going through what they went through? 90, 99 oh. plays. It was 93 yeah, plays, was but there were also six penalties. So they were actually on the field for 99 snaps. I've that, That's – you're not going to win that way, um, you know. And I you even know, tweeted out after the game about uh, the, the mental toughness being overlooked and, and underappreciated because the Patriots yeah. had it at the end and the Falcons didn't. And you responded back that, that that's not a trend uh, that's going anywhere anytime soon. No, nope. so I think well, that's think what you're talking about. Well, it's not just that. It's it's First of all, let's just look at it from an aspect of football. 
we've been saying this on our show for years. The rules of football are set up for comebacks like this. This is not. This is the biggest one ever, but it's not the last one ever. We'll, we'll, this will happen again because everything is geared towards the offense. You also had a team that was a bad defensive team playing again out of their minds. So, but the, the rules of the game are set up for the comebacks. You've got to you think about this. You never would have had a comeback like this without the two point conversion or, or all the spread offenses or all the th- two of them. You know, Falcons could stop any one of those. We wouldn't be here right mm-hmm. now talking about a Patriots win. Um, but it's set up that way. But then you also look at it from the standpoint of comebacks have sort of become this blase thing. Now it's like you had the Cubs come back from down three, one, you had the Cavaliers come back from down three, one, uh, a few years ago. I mean, just remember even back about a decade ago, I think we had, what was it? The Red Sox came back from three, nothing down. You see it in hockey all the time. Comebacks aren't just a new thing. Comebacks like this in the Super Bowl are a new thing, but it's it, this isn't going anywhere. We see this in the regular season in the NFL all the time. It, sure. it, you know, it's we're going so yeah. Team teams get up to these huge leads. They look like world beaters, and then all of a sudden, just everything falls apart. And it's like, well, okay, where, where, where did that come? Where was that earlier in the game? So it, this isn't a new thing, and it's and it's definitely not going to go anywhere. In fact, it may even get worse. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Cavaliers and LeBron coming back from three, one, because I saw a lot of the same, uh, and this is my fault for being on social media, but a lot of the same sort of generic hate and, Oh my God, Tom Brady came back and won. I can't believe it. I hate him so much coming back from down 25 and LeBron coming back from down three, one, uh, a lot of people, you know, the LeBron hate of course is legendary. We've talked about it on the show many times, but mm-hmm. to me, this is this game, this Super Bowl. And LeBron coming back as well, and then and also the Cubs coming back from three one. It reinforced to me why sports fans love sports. If you can't get rid of your rooting interest, maybe you hated it and it made your stomach turn. And you, oh, I hate Tom Brady. I hate the, it was rigged. I can't believe it. They rigged this for the yeah. The NFL is in the job and is in the is in the business of rigging things for the New England Patriots. I think that suspension at the beginning of the year would uh, argue otherwise, but. If you're a real sports fan, this is it. This is greatness on display. And to me, you have to put your hate of of somebody aside and appreciate the greatness. First of all, I don't know why you would hate Tom Brady or LeBron James. I, I, I don't love either one of them necessarily, but they're certainly not hateful. They're not. We, there's plenty of hateful guys in the history of sports, and we talk we talk about them a lot. But people freak out about certain guys who are great and they just hate them. They can't stand that these guys beat their favorite team's ass. They beat everybody else's ass. And they are the ones that are actually blocking out the hate and performing and doing what they got to do. And that just makes people hate them even more, which is it's just a vicious cycle. It's not going to do you any good to continue to hate Tom Brady and LeBron James because they're going to keep winning. They're not going to listen to your hate. They're not going to pay it any attention. They're just going to block it out and do what they have to do. And, to, to witness what Tom Brady and the Patriots did coming back from down 25. No one came back from down more than 10 points in the 51 year history of the Super Bowl. And he looked at a 25 point lead and said, okay, fine. All right. We'll, we'll lick our wounds and we'll come back and we'll win this bitch in overtime. That's greatness on display. And you have to appreciate that if you're a sports fan. And if you don't appreciate it, you're not a real sports fan because that's just 
ridiculous. Just oh, wait. I hate them. I can't stand it. Oh, I can't hate them. You're not actually enjoying the sports. You're just rooting for laundry and, and different people, and you're hating the more successful ones because you can't beat them, and that's just pathetic. But I, I, I didn't expect that from you because didn't you get the narrative that Tom Brady's win was a win for white supremacy? Because oh, I he's that. a Trump supporter, and a lot of the guys on the yeah. Patriots are white. Oh, yeah, that's all over the place, too. Because Atlanta's a down home, down south. A lot of black folks like the Falcons, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh-huh. and the Patriots winning was a win for Trump and a win for white supremacy. Oh, yeah, that's part of the narrative right now, too. I, I, it's a ridiculous part of the narrative, but that, it's definitely floating around out there. I missed that. I'm I, I'm glad I missed oh, that. I, I, oh, I I'm glad you missed that. that too. Is that yeah? That wasn't even like a. That wasn't even like that. That that's even that's like even worse than a Whitlock. Some of that stuff. Hell yeah, because well, you know, because Tom Brady supported Donald Trump. That a win of you know the Patriots winning is a, is a win for Trump. And it's like, oh my god, they even had to bring that into the Super Bowl. They you know, so let's talk about delegitimizing their win. It's just. Oh my god. Yeah, there's no chance there were on the Falcons at all, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh no, of course. This is why, by the way, I try to stay away from social media as much as possible. Yeah. I've also, and maybe the reason another one of the reasons that I'm not so all that overly broken up. Couple reasons I'm not that broken up. One, I already got the championship that mattered this year. I mean, let's get that out of the way first. The Cubs winning the World Series. Nothing will ever surpass that. Falcons could win the next eight Super Bowls. Nothing is ever going to take the smile off my face every time I get to think about what the Cubs just did. So that's still fresh in my mind. I'm like, ah, I can't be too greedy. Oh, well, the Falcons lost. The other reason I'm in a somewhat frame, you know, stable frame of mind is because I haven't watched any real postgame stuff. I've stayed away from it because I know that it's just Tom Brady being filleted all day long. And that I can't, that, that I wouldn't be able to stomach. I haven't watched any post game stuff either. I don't uh, the the Brady hate and and whatnot is from what little bit I've seen on social media, but like the ESPN coverage or the NFL Network coverage, no, I I missed all of that. So I don't yeah. know what the the, yeah, the, I, the narrative is. I imagine it's a lot of Brady filleting as well. And oh my god, for what he did, it's almost you know understandable. For what sure. well, well, for what they actually him. did, he he, he it, wasn't it wasn't one guy. Him. It wasn't one guy. He had help. He had to have help. You just don't do it by yourself. He's not Vince Young. He's not throwing the ball and catching the ball and playing defense, doing everything all by himself. That's right. He's not God. So he had to have help. But he also had to have the other team allow that to happen. And, oh, boy, did Atlanta allow. They they gave him the right conditions, like you said. The strip sack. Yeah, yeah, all the things that happened after that game was 28-3. to Because even that drive that the Patriots went on to make it 28 to nine eventually after Gaskowski missed another extra point in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, boy, that, that still felt like a give up drive. That didn't feel like we're trying to get back in this game kind of drive, <laughs> especially after he misses the extra point and everybody's like, Oh God, you know, no, that's what I said earlier sure, what, is that they seemed like they were just trying to put together offense yeah. and just build something yeah. instead of just they trying just to make a, wanted, a, a hurried comeback. Yeah. They just wanted to know that they could move the ball on the Falcons because up till that point they could do nothing against that defense. Yeah. They had a. You're just like let's try this now. Let's try this. Okay, cool. Now let's try this. They're just trying yeah. things to try to, to see if they can move the football. And they weren't really yeah. concerned and, about a comeback and, and, at that point. 
And even that touchdown drive was a chore. They were go- oh, they, yeah. had, they went for a fourth down already at that point on that drive. They had to convert a fourth down on that drive. It, yeah, it that was, was after, the middle uh, of the, th- the throwback attempt uh, on, on the oh, yeah. lateral on yeah. third and three. But the reason they pull that is because they already know that they're desperate enough that they're just going to go for it anyway on fourth and three. So why not try this yeah. trick play right here and see if we can yeah. surprise and them? Even- and even them pulling up the gadget play, that shit always works for the Patriots. Now, Falcons were all over that. I mean, yep, they, covered they that made up. them work even for that touchdown. And then even to get them to that 28 to 12 point uh, very early in the fourth quarter, that's when uh, that was that's when it became a 16 point game. And that's when I started to go, uh, this is looking doable here because this is only it sounds like a lot of points in football, but that's that's two possessions. That's only two possessions. With 13 minutes left to go in the game, that's we're not talking about a lot. Um, and again, and then you get the strip sack, and then you're like, oh, you know, okay, that was yeah, that, that was, was what even that up was by, the turning point for me. Even up by 16, you're like, oh no, all right, let's let's hold them to a field goal. Let's do it. Let's get out. No, can't stop them. Now it's only an eight point game, and then Atlanta finally gets a drive going, and then you know, so both of those things that we talked about though. My my moment doesn't seem so huge in historical terms because it's not a huge play. It's not a strip sack or a fumble or a pick. It's something, though, that would have at least allowed Atlanta to still attempt the field goal to put the game away, which we never got to see. Thanks to those refs. And, and I'm not going to just blame. Can't, yeah, am I blaming the refs? It's hard not to say something about the refs when it when it plays into something that I've talked about all year. And there sure. it was again. And that that bothered me. That was the moment from just a sports standpoint, whether I was rooting for even if it had happened when Atlanta was winning the game and it happened to the Patriots, I, you know, I'd still be happy that my team won, but I'd still point it out because I'm fair and be like, you know what? Uh, the other team, they kind of got hosed because there was an obvious thing that didn't get called that would have totally changed everything from that point forward. Um, but, yeah, you I'm can see it all right there. Like like I said, the ingredients were all there. The things, the, Fal- the things that the Falcons did badly early in the game, and they didn't do everything perfect, but the things that they did badly early crept up and finally haunted them late. You can't go one for eight in the game on third down. You know, if I told you some of those underlying things, like, hey, the the Falcons went one for eight on third down in the game. Oh, and the Falcons defense was on the field for 99 plays. What would you have thought the <laughs> score of that game was? Like 52 to 7? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, but there were conflicting stats like that on the other side, because how many teams have given up a pick six and won the Super Bowl? Right. I'm thinking none or maybe one or so but yeah it was it was a very very strange game in that respect both teams had things that they did uh completely wrong and should have cost them the game and both teams had things that they were doing great and and excellent the the new england pass rush was uh was a bit of a revelation uh getting that pressure on matt the ice was so key because i think he really does keep 10 yards uh, an attempt, uh, whatever he was averaging. I think he does keep that up if, if the Patriots don't get there and, and, and get home and take him down. Uh, and the New England comeback doesn't happen, of course. 
without uh, the Falcons choking and then the defense getting gassed. It doesn't happen without Brady staying calm and, and he's whatever filleting he's getting, he's, he earned it because a lot of quarterbacks, pretty much every quarterback in the league, I, I would venture to say probably doesn't keep enough calm to make that kind of comeback from that many points down in the Super Bowl under those circumstances. Uh, it doesn't happen without the right receivers actually catching balls for the Patriots because they were having a lot of dropsies early in the game and, and Giselle Bunchen was getting warmed up and ready to criticize the, uh, the, the, the wide receivers on the Patriots after the game. I'm sure she was ready for another bitch fest, but then they finally started making those catches, including that Edelman catch, which is just miraculous. Um, and it doesn't happen without the, the Patriots offensive line, finally stepping up and protecting Tom Brady because early on in that game, how many, Offensive linemen play as terrible as Shaq Mason did, and their team still wins the Super Bowl. Because Shaq Mason was yeah. getting thrown around like a child out there and getting just ran over, and Marcus Cannon wasn't much better. Uh, and once they finally were able to, to sort of bulk up and hold the, the Falcons away from getting to Brady, and that's you know probably due to the Falcons wearing out and getting tired. Uh, if they if they're not tired, they probably continue to to abuse Shaq Mason and Marcus Cannon. But whatever the purpose is, once the offensive line started protecting Brady, that's when things started to happen for the Patriots. So there's a lot of things that went into it, uh, and it all resulted in the most important of all, which is one more time for me beating you on a pick this year where you had it sewn up and won, and somehow I miraculously rallied yeah. and came back and won the pick. That's all that really mattered to me. But at least it wasn't for the whole thing, though. This would be oh, a whole different show right now if it was for the whole thing. <laughs> you know, to, to, yeah, because it's like, right, because then you would have been like, you came back and won the, no, 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 you didn't do anything. You sat on the couch with, with a bowl <laughs> of chips and watched it happen. And no, you, you, yeah, no. So, so, so thankfully it didn't happen that way. And it was interesting because we both called a lot of the things before the game happened sort of correctly. I mean, that was what we both sort of predicted a Patriots resurgence in the second half of the game. And we both saw correctly, which I don't think a lot of people saw was Atlanta jumping out fast and that Patriots defense, not being able to contain them. Uh, and we both were all over that. We just had them. We just had it ending at different points. I had the Falcons barely clinging on to life and winning the game. And you had, uh, the Falcons basically jumping out early, but then just getting completely stymied, and then the Patriots just running away, which kind of happened, but not to that degree. It wasn't it wasn't the blowout uh, that you were sort of calling as it was, you know, as to what happened. And I actually had the Falcons at least having a big enough of a lead that they could hold on to it. They just they couldn't hold on to it, and uh, very interesting game. I mean, you, you got to think that you know looking for the prospects, at least if you're going to take anything away for the loser in a Super Bowl, which is never a good place to be in. I mean, uh, things don't typically go very well. You have to at least admire in Dan Quinn's second year with an undersized sort of clone that he's trying to attempt to create of that Seattle defense to get a team to the Super Bowl with that defense as slow, I mean, as, as small and undersized as it is, with, it, it just, just doesn't, and they don't have anybody in the back end that's going to shut you down. So to do what they did for three quarters against Tom Brady, basically on scheme and pressure that they were getting on the front end from just guys. I mean, they, they were getting sacks from guys I didn't even know who they were. 
Um, they were getting some major effort from that D line. So you've got to like their prospects to, if they can keep growing that defense and get those guys better that it maybe, maybe there's a bright future for this squad under Dan Quinn. Um, but boy, you know, five and 11 doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. How do you come back from that? <laughs> that was my next question. What do you see for them uh, for the Atlanta Falcons next year with uh, having to rebound off of this crushing unprecedented loss, unprecedented yeah. choke job, having to do it with a new offensive coordinator. Everybody hide your bottles of vodka. Steve Sarkeesian is in the house and having to rebound from losing Kyle Shanahan and whatever magic that he had yeah. with Matty Ice lasted for one year. Now he's already out of town. So what do you think? Falcons collapse like the, the Panthers from last year, or do they hold on and actually still maintain uh, some uh, – their high quality of play next year. I, I, I need to see what strategy they have in the off season. I, I really do. I need you. We clearly know where they're weak. You know, we, we know that they're weak on the back end and we know that they run out of gas up front. <laughs> that, that, that defense just, you know, again, if that was a mediocre to withering pass rush late in that game, but they had the guys on the back end who could play the coverage or lay some lumber on those receivers, which, you know, and all that time, and even disrupt a little bit of the timing with coverage. They just weren't able to do it. Everything that the back end for the Falcons that they were doing was all a product of the fact that they were getting after Brady and Brady looked really uncomfortable because they were hitting him a lot. He even admitted so. He was like, look, they were beating the living hell out of me, basically. He said they were beating the shit out of me. And they were, because even when he there, there was your hurry stat, because even when he wasn't getting hit, he was being harassed, and he was getting uncomfortable. He was bouncing balls, airmailing balls. He didn't look like Tom Brady until that defense, until that pass rush stopped getting home. And now the timing started to work. And that whole offense is predicated on timing. If they don't have the timing, that they just they don't go anywhere. We saw that for three quarters. They just they can't move if the, the perfect timing and the precision because they don't have the receivers to run anything other than you know precision routes. They have good route runners and guys who can make space, but they don't have you know Tom Brady had like 60, 62 attempts. He they they hardly went down the field at all. They couldn't. They could not go deep. They, nothing was working for them deep. He was overthrowing guys. He clearly didn't have that part of his game. So everything was this little underneath, dink and doink, paper cuts, bleeding the Falcons to death, timing shit. And uh, that's how you set a record for receptions in the Super Bowl by your running back. Right. So, you know, they did what they do. And I, I, it's still, I'm, I'm still not surprised that they were able to come back. Atlanta's defense was not as good as they played early in that game, you know, but I'm surprised they came back all the way and, and won because, you know, I would have thought Atlanta would have done something late to, you know, get that. Well, they needed one drive. I said, they get to 30, they win the game. And if they get to yes. 30, guess what? They win the game. They win the game. They, 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 that's Hello? right. They get to th and they get to 28, and they lose the game. So there it is. There it was. And you had them so, getting you know, to 30. I, and I said I could not imagine them getting to 30. And sure enough, if they would have got to 30, they would have they would have had it once. So you were right on that. Yeah, they get to 
They get to kick that field goal. They get to 31. I have a feeling the game's over. They win the game. Um, no, I, I have a real hard time seeing them next year. I can't say I see them being bad because they still will have a very good, very potent offense. Um, they won't be as good. I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good. as good. I don't see them. I know it's historical with almost what they did. I don't see them being um, terrible. I don't think they're going to pull a Panthers and just the whole thing go to shit because um, they still have a lot of the position guys and the skill guys and the offensive line is stable, if not great. They're not like the worst. They're not the they're 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 adequate. Um, they'll definitely get fat on some of the bad teams. You know that always happens. Um, but if they, you know, they clearly need to get that defense worked on. If they can start to get that defense and get some, get a little bit of veteran, not veteran, like over the hill veteran type, like Dwight Freeney type, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I'm talking about, you know, good draft, good solid draft. And let's, you know, I'm not going to have a room after free agency in the draft. I'll have a better feel about this team because if they don't do anything to impress me, I have a hard time thinking that they bounce back from this and just become sort of a footnote to history here is, you know, oh yeah, those guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to make way a declaration to away this, before yeah. uh, free agency in the draft either, like you, but I guess but Matt I'm Ryan has to win a Super Bowl. Laps. Matt Ryan has to win a Super Bowl, otherwise the stink of this never goes away. Yeah, oh, they, this is uh, 30 for 30s will be made on this forever, uh, and books will be written about it uh, the the greatest comeback in history and also the greatest collapse on the other side of it in history. There's stories to be told on both sides, uh, and it remains to be seen which way the Falcons go from here. But uh, I I feel like a little bit of a collapse is coming. Uh, losing the the offensive coordinator that set all this up uh, has to hurt a little bit, uh, and and just the stink of of this the the physical toll that it that it has to take. You come into uh, to August to training camp, and it's it's been so many months since the Super Bowl. So you would think that there's been plenty of time to to get over it and get your body back and ready. But it's just this, that mental toughness again that we talked about before. There's just something about it. I, I can't imagine that every single guy is going to come back uh, ready to go and completely 100% right. refreshed, recharged, and ready to put their all into it. They're going to say all the right things. They're going to say that they're ready to be uh, champs again or ready to come back and defend their NFC crown and all of that. But once you start playing the game again after such a collapse, I, I have to think that there's a little residual left over, a little residue that yeah. kind of... There's the, there's the other way to come back from that too, which is the the mad as hell way and on a mission, you know, like uh, as a rat, you become like it, it, you rally around it, but that is so hard to do, especially to keep up for a whole season. They may be able to go off of that for a couple of weeks, but every time they get up big in a game for the near future, it's going to be, Hey, guess what? Remember the Super Bowl? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, it's going to be a while before they get rid of this. So the only, you know, the only remedy for this for them is to come back and to, to, to try and dominate because they looked dominating for three, uh, un, completely blowing both of us away, by the way, I had no idea what I was watching. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I was like, is this possible for them to look 
this good because they didn't just look good. They looked great. And they were doing it against the best team in football. So they clearly somewhere down inside have that in them. If they can channel that and and, and learn from losing this game in this way and dominate next year and just run right back to the Super Bowl again, maybe, just maybe, that starts to wash the stink away. And, And if they can win it, it's it's the ultimate redemption if you can come back at some point here in the next few years and win that game. But that that's the only thing that's going to take this away for them. I mean, and you know what we talk about with them, with, with the blowing it and how this is going to hang over them. I've lived with this for 41 years as a Cubs fan now. 40 years, <laughs> of one, but everybody knew they're going to blow it. This is who they are. It's in their DNA. They're going to find a way. They're going to blow the game. They're the Cubs. It's all, you know, you got to go out and you got to win the whole thing to wash 108 years of stink away. And now the Falcons have to go out and they have to do the same thing. They have to win it until that team, whether it's this iteration of it or one down the road, till that organization wins a Super Bowl, this is going to be the last time, you know, or the last time since. So. They have to, there's no way you get rid of this. The Bills will never get rid of those four Super Bowl losses in a row until they go out and just win one. And then everybody welcomes back those guys with open arms. It's like the Cubs welcoming back Bartman. You know, let's bring back Bartman, who we reviled, even though it was unfair. You know, the way they treated him and everything, just terrible. But now he's all it all's better. The, the the Red Sox, they 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 welcomed back Bill Buckner. Everything can be made right with winning. There is a way out of this. There's there's hope for the Falcons in this loss. But winning is the only remedy at this point. A team that's been there, a team that's been through the wars and built up the scar tissue and nothing really affects them. And they can just go back and bounce back from that and do what they got to do the next year. A team like I don't know. A team that had their star quarterback suspended to start the year and had to bounce back from that and find a way to rally around and make the commissioner hand them the trophy at the end of the year. A team like the New England Patriots. This was, to me, the greatest sunning in the history of the Super Bowl, maybe in the history of sports, where you are getting beat up. This young team is beating you down. They're doing anything they want to do on offense. They're they're hitting you in the mouth on defense. And you wipe the blood away and you look at them and you go, son, not today. We're not ready to give this up today. You can get us maybe some other time, but today, son, you belong to us. And that's what Tom Brady and the Patriots did coming back and winning that game. And this is not new for the Patriots. Think about their division, the Miami Dolphins, every motherfucking year. Yeah, this is our year. We're going to rise up. The Patriots are old. Tom Brady's over the hill. Bill Belichick is old. We're going to come back and knock them off the perch, and we're going to be kings of the mountain now. Every year they think it's their year, the Dolphins do. And every year the Patriots look up and say, son, not this year. You're not ready yet. We're not ready to give this up quite yet. Remember Rex Ryan and total fraud when the Jets knocked off the Patriots? Uh, I think that was at New, uh, at New England up in Foxborough in a playoff game. And everyone said, oh, my God, look at – Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan, and here come the Jets. They're going to be a force to deal with. They just knocked the Patriots off the mountain, and they're going to be the kings of the Persh now in the AFC East. And the Patriots came right back and said, son, no, not ready yet. We are going to come back and beat you down, and we're going to send Sanchez scurrying out of town and eventually Rex Ryan too. 
And think about the Buffalo Bills. Remember all the way back to the Lawyer Malloy Bowl, back when the Patriots unceremoniously dumped Lawyer Malloy and the Bills picked him up in the first regular season matchup. Oh, my God, the Bills beat the Patriots 31 to nothing. Lawyer Malloy getting carried off the field on their shoulders. The Bills have answered the challenge, and they're ready to take the Patriots down and make them pay, and the Bills are on the verge. And the Patriots said, son, we're still the Patriots. And what have the Bills done since then? Absolutely nothing. This is what the Patriots do. All of them thought they had New England's number, and Belichick and Brady sunned them all. And now this is the greatest, what they did to the Falcons coming back from down 25, even coming back against Seattle, who, who thought they had them on the ropes a couple of years ago. And and the, the Malcolm Butler play happens. Both of those, if you remember Seattle being up in that game and Tom Brady led a comeback and rallied them back. The Patriots just, they, they, they sun you. They go, son, you aren't ready yet. You aren't on our level. And that's what makes them so great. Where I worry about this for the Patriots is, I hate to say this, this could have been Tom Brady's Elway moment. Just, just Tom, Tom, just leave. It's never going to get any better than this. It's never going to get any better than this. Tom Brady's not getting any younger. This would have been the moment to ride off into the sunset and everybody can have their, the greatest of all time conversations. Oh, I'm going to play for a few more years. There is no way this ends for Tom Brady any better than it could have ended right now. I hate to say it. It probably ends up injured because he's had his share or it ends up bad. That happens too. He's 38 years old. He's done everything that he needs to do. He just shoved the Lombardi toast trophy up <laughs> Roger Goodell's ass. Basically mm-hmm. nothing could have been better. This if, if and he's like, oh, my wife wants me because first of all, she doesn't want, she must love you. She doesn't want you to have the CTE or anything like that. And nothing good can happen to Tom Brady from this point. He's not going to have that same motivation that he had this year. He should have quit. That's all I'm saying. That If you're going to write the story, because you already had the storybook game. Everything went your way. It's never going to get any better than it just got. And uh, you could have just ridden off into the sunset and been completely fine. So uh, I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm, I'm sort of down on the Patriots after this now. Because it can't get any better. You may have you may have a point there. You you may be right about that. Even if he comes back and wins another title next year, it's like okay. But eh. remember last year was yeah. it was it as good? As that? I mean, yeah. really. Or he could come back and lose a title, and then all of a sudden, all the talk will be, "Oh, he's five and three oh. in Super Bowls." And, he stuck around that, too that, long. He almost had that this time. He would have been four and three in Super Bowls, almost suffering a possible blowout loss in his last one. Um, which he was on his way to. They were on their way to getting blowed out <laughs> on their yeah. way completely to just getting blowed out and Tom Brady playing his worst Super Bowl. Um, but instead, he has to throw the ball 62 times. They couldn't run the ball. They just could not run the ball um, at all. And well, you, you know, the, only, the only way you throw the ball, you know, the only way you throw the ball 62 times is because you're losing 28 to 3. We'll have more uh, Super Bowl observations on the other side in our after show. 
You can subscribe to iTunes, search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, to listen to this live show and the after show, or subscribe on podcasting apps, including TuneIn, MixCloud, Player.fm, Blue. Email us, subscribe uh, on iTunes, email InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. And thanks for joining us on our live show. We'll see you on the other side. And now into the VIP after show program, our live NFL, our last uh, NFL show of the season of our fourth season of podcasting. So it's uh, been a quick four years has gone by. It's hard to believe we're about to start our fifth coming up uh, in August, but uh, yeah, what a, what a way to go. What a way to end the season with that particular yep. game. That's, just incredible i still can't believe uh what, what i can't believe what i just saw we both were probably thinking the same thing as it was happening like oh my god i can't believe this is happening uh yeah this is i was sort of i felt it coming i mean part of me that's probably just the falcons fan and cubs fan in me that you're just waiting for it but i was kind of like once this, the comeback was happening i'm like i never the lead didn't ever feel big enough it didn't feel big enough at 14 to nothing. It didn't feel big enough at 21 to three. It even didn't feel big enough at 28 to three. When I'm still telling my wife, there's a lot of time left. You shouldn't be saying that when you're up 28 <laughs> to three in the Super Bowl with, I don't know, 20 minutes or so left in the game. You should not be saying there's still a lot of time left because I understood and knowing what I know and watching the games, I knew what the other team was capable of. And that you just you can't rest, you, you know, and, and and you can't think it's over. So and and for and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the NFL has this always set up. Now we're going to get this rematch week one, if that's the way it's been now, right? Uh, I think they, what I've they, been they reading is that now. is that it, it, the opener of the season will be in Foxborough, and the Falcons are indeed one of the teams slated to be on the schedule for the Patriots. So they've all but yeah. said it will be the opener, but yeah, it will be the opener, right? Now, I don't want to be Tom Brady in that game. I'm just saying. <laughs> All I'm saying is after the way that went down, and I know that you're going to be getting – all your rings and it's going to look all that great. And then Atlanta, if that's the Falcons in Foxborough there to experience all of that, someone's someone's going to get a whooping. Um, someone's going to get a little frustration taken out on them because we didn't see it during the game. We didn't see it get cheap. Like at the end of that Seattle game with nobody talks about how right. cheap the last minute of that game was after the Malcolm Butler interception. That was dirty. Yeah, a lot of people forget that. Rob Rob Gronkowski could have went to jail. He could have pulled a Charles Oakley for some of the stuff he was doing. (laughs) Uh, Both teams were getting dirty and cheap, by the way, in that last minute. So I will give the Falcons credit. Probably didn't fight because they were so shocked at what was happening. Like, what what we lost? They were worn out. They were Um, tired. Lift their hands to to fight. Let's fight anybody. So the last guy I want to be is Tom Brady. Week one in Foxborough, which you know that's going to be Thursday night to kick off the season, the yep. Super Bowl rematch. Which and and those do. I'm not making a pick already, but those Super Bowl rematches do tend to favor the team that lost. Um, 
even this year, they, the the Panthers had that all set up for a win until Graham Gano missed the field goal way back in week one, remember? Um, mm-hmm. So those do tend to favor that team that lost because they're they're mad that they lost. That they want to that's their chance to kind of take it out. And oh man, if they improve that defense at all, I do not want to be Tom Brady because they were getting after him. Like I said, they were getting after him with guys. They get some they get some lumber on the front end there on that defensive line, and they shore that up so that they can bring constant pressure. Oh, I don't want to be Tom Brady. I don't uh, want to make a pick for that game either, but actually my snap judgment thinking about it would be to say now that the Patriots have played the Falcons and see what, what that's all about, they're probably going to be smart enough to come with a game plan where Brady gets rid of the fucking football and doesn't stand back there and wait for very yeah. long. He's probably going to take three-step drops all game long and not even give him a chance to get to him. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he, didn't, if he didn't get sacked at all in, in the rematch uh, in week one. The, I, I'm not saying he's going to get sacked. I'm saying there's some point in that game, I'm not going to want to be Tom Brady. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I mean, not saying. You'd think you'd you'd be classier than that, but at some point, someone's going to have a clean shot at Tom Brady, and they're going to take it. Ball or no ball. Uh, I'm just saying. (laughs) Someone's going to put a shoulder into his sternum or into his rib cage. Just saying. Speaking just of class, just let them know they're there. Just let them know they're there. Let's say 15 yards for for whoever does that to Tom Brady, 15 yards will be worth it. Robert Kraft was way classier accepting the trophy that Tom Brady shoved up Roger Goodell's ass uh, than I would have been. So kudos to <laughs> Robert Kraft for not doing what I would have done. Because if I was Robert Kraft up there receiving that trophy, I would have turned around and said something to the effect of. Thank you very much, Commissioner Goodell, for presenting us with this trophy. It's been a very long journey. And now I would like to leave the arena in a chant that I know all of you have wanted to say from a long, long time. Now that you have Roger Goodell in front of you, what do all the Patriot fans have to say to you? Fuck you, Roger. Fuck you, Roger. Fuck you, Roger. And, and I promise you that would have gone on for a good 45 to 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. It's funny. Going back, going back to the point we made, made uh, right before uh, we went off, off, off the live live show, show that I was actually thinking about the show, 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 just all the ways that I had to find this up and talk because I didn't want to talk about the game, but I'm doing it. I'm manning up, manning up, talking about the game. It was bad, man. You know what? This is what we do, right? Right. Um, um, you brought up an angle that I was thinking about while I was writing this morning, morning thinking about this game, which was, was you called it sunny, so we've always called on this the show the big brother, brother aspect, right? right? The little brother always wants to take out the big brother, and, and we talk about that with the Patriots all the time, and, and, the, and the Falcons just were not ready to be the bully. They were ready to be the bully for a long portion of that game. They were the bully. And the Patriots were like, Mm-mm-mm. nope, <laughs> you're not the bully. We're the bully. We're the big brother. You're the little brother. Now get back in your place. But it was in slow motion. It wasn't just a play or a quick <laughs> comeback or so. It was this just Chinese water torture that they put the Falcons through <laughs> that the Falcons just couldn't stop. 
you know, it, you know, they, they like I said, it was death by paper cuts, you know, in, in Atlanta, they just could not stop the bleeding. It wasn't, they, it wasn't bombs away. It wasn't explosive plays. It was extremely, it was the most boring comeback I've ever seen. There was nothing exciting that other than that Edelman catch, which was pretty lucky. Oh, it was like David Tyree. It was, it was lucky. Yeah, it was lucky, but Hey, Everything went their way. So, of course, Edelman made that catch on a ball that, that Robert offered should have picked. Um, yeah, that should have ended the game. You know, should have picked the ball right there. Boom, game over. No problem. And yeah, the ball was a little high, but it went through his hands. And then the ball bounces off Ricardo Allen's foot and somehow stays live. I mean, so it goes from being a pick to basically just a, another guy possibly with a chance to pick it to – an incomplete pat to here comes Juliet Edelman just diving in there, saving the ball from falling on the turf. Um, great. You know, so all that happens, <laughs> you know, which again, that was a dumb challenge, by the way, I, I, that still blows me away that, that, that was so dumb. Uh, now that I think about that play again, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that. That's today. what happens when you don't have the experience of that spot. That's you go, right. Oh, he couldn't have caught it. He couldn't have caught. I, I'm challenging. Oh. I don't care if the replay shows that he caught yeah. it. I'm challenging anyway, because he couldn't have possibly caught that yeah. ball. Even That's if, even if you're just using that challenge, even if you're just sort of preemptively using that challenge as a timeout. Okay, maybe you're trying to just give your, you know, hey, a challenge is going to take a while. I'll give my defense a blow. But if you're taking that challenge with them coming back like that, knowing you might need that timeout, which they did, that was dumb. I knew it was dumb no, as I, soon as they challenged. I'm like, what are you doing? What are I you imagine doing? That challenge he, he caught it. Dan Quinn surrounded by all of his coaches and, and players all saying at the same time, no, 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 he didn't catch that. He couldn't have caught that. No, no, no. You got to challenge that, man. He couldn't have caught that. No, no, no. Yeah. That's what I expect. Where the that's very first cool. replay showed it was a catch. Even even Buck and Aikman yeah. are like, that's a catch. Oh, Mike Pereira is sitting right here. He says My it's a catch. Pereira, he said it was a catch. And all of a sudden, yeah. like 30 seconds later, oh, we're challenging the play. What are you doing? You needed what? that timeout. Huh? You needed that timeout. But to your point so, of talking about the the little brothering or the sunning aspect of it, yeah, go back to the beginning of the third quarter because this was the sequence I thought was going to be in Atlanta's favor to sew the game up, and that's what I was going to talk about was the turning point because they come out, Patriots down twenty one to three, come out they get the the the, the third they get the uh, the start of third quarter they get the fired up three and out, right? The defense gets a, a three and out. Oh, to, the, the, the uh, Falcons, the Falcons totally went three and out. The Falcons got they the kickoff. The, uh, the Patriots get the nice punt return from Julian Edelman. Yeah. Set up the drive to start the comeback. Yep. But Edelman and Chris Hogan drop a bunch of balls and fuck up that momentum yep. and fuck up that drive. So the next drive, Atlanta gets the ball back again, gets another chance to, to restart the momentum and Taylor Gabriel jukes Malcolm Butler's draws off right in the middle of the field to get open for a 35-yard yeah. catch. Uh, Butler's funeral, I think, is scheduled for next Tuesday, I believe. Uh, that was Sunigo's bad, too. That was oh, really my God. Bad. That does, and again, all of these good th – this is what's bothering me as a Falcons fan. All the great things that the Falcons did in that game up until the third round are going to – all just those are going to be forgotten to history. But they played – they did some amazing things in those first two-and-a-half quarters. But that yeah, Taylor so the Gabriel move, smelled blood. absolutely. Well, yeah, because I mean, Malcolm Butler fell off the screen. He literally fell off yeah. the TV screen. He said, whoa! 
Yeah, you actually heard him go, whoop! You know, what? Right off the TV <laughs> screen, yeah. In honor of Berman, he did a whoop! Yeah, he sure did. But the Falcons smelled blood. They were going to put him away right there. Sanu goes up. Butler gets a pass interference on Gabriel later on. Uh, and Coleman gets wide open for that six-yard swing pass TD. 28-3. Game should have been over right there. But when you are a little brother, when you don't have that experience, the game's not over. And like you said, you felt it. I kind of felt it. And the reason I know I kind of felt it is because any other game during a regular season, if that sequence happens where a team has comes out with the defensive stop, the team that's losing comes out, starts the third quarter, gets the defensive stop, gets the big punt return, and then turns around and drops a bunch of balls and, and pisses away that opportunity – and then the other team comes back and gets the touchdown to go up 28 to three. I am absolutely writing down in my notebook ball game and I'm finished taking notes for the evening. I'm done. I didn't do it this time because I kind of right. thought maybe it felt something thought felt maybe. Weird. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't yeah. feel right. First of all, there was that whole aspect that there was, it wasn't the disbelief in the comeback. I think the disbelief was in the run up to the comeback. That's what people didn't believe. Nobody could believe that that was happening. People believed that the Patriots could come back. I don't think that the national public or people watching football or anybody who knew anything about those two teams believed the 28 to three. That was right. the illusion. That was the, what am I watching the whole game? I, of course I'm rooting and I'm cheering and I'm happy, but it just, it, it never felt like enough. It was like, they need to keep going. They they just they have to just bury these guys because that's what. First of all, they deserve it. The Patriots totally deserve an annihilation here at some point. They didn't get it that night, but they were on their way to it. Atlanta clearly wasn't the team to deliver that to them and then to humble them. But they were they were humbling the Patriots, and it was so new. This doesn't happen. I think that's what felt weird. Is that was so. Off script, it was what nobody expected to happen. So when the when the comeback started, you started to see the Patriots playing like the Patriots, and what people thought of the Falcons playing like the Falcons. That that was the more believable part. It was the twenty eight to three that was the unbelievable part, <laughs> and that's what never felt right. The whole game felt weird, but the earlier portions of the game to me felt the most weird because. I knew that the Patriots were a better team than they were playing. You know, they weren't playing like the best team in football and and everything was just a little wrong for them, you know? And then some of that was the pressure. Some of that was Brady just having up to that point, his worst Super Bowl. And that, that was just, that was what was weird. Does that make sense though? That it was the, 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 them, the Patriots getting blown out was what felt odd. <laughs> oh, Sure. And just like uh, against the, the Houston Texans, New England can look like they're in severe trouble and somehow find a way to yeah. come out not just on top, but covering the spread. So they did it just earlier in this same damn playoffs where they didn't look like themselves at all for three quarters and still wound yeah. up with a big win. So this is not new for them at all. And you mentioned yeah, the man. halftime adjustments. And there, there's the Patriots again. They It took a while, but they make the adjustments. They go on the, the long, methodical drives. They start checking down to the running backs over and over and over again, and James White becomes a Super Bowl hero, and the Falcons never make the adjustment back and wind up dragging their tongues and, and giving it up late in the game. 
So, yeah, and it felt like in the second half, I mean, other than that touchdown drive that the Falcons had with, with the Tevin Coleman drive with the 28 to three, I did the, the, the Falcons already had the ball after that. The Patriots were just, <laughs> I mean, they were just owning the time of position. Well, of course you get a, a, a second down strip sack. So they had the ball real short period of time on that drive. And then that drive that they had that got them down into field goal range briefly was just chunk plays which was what they were right. doing early in the game, just chunk, 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 you know, 39 yards, 27 yards, just boom, boom, boom. We're right. Guess what? We're in field goal range, guys. Just like that, they were doing it to the Patriots again, and then the shenanigans start with the sack and then the, <laughs> the holding call. with the Yeah, so that sequence to me was the, yeah, they're going to blow this thing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it should seem like it. Um, I had kind of set my over-under at six and a half targets, for Matty Ice in Atlanta, and you thought it was going to be up about nine, which would be their typical type of game, and it wound up being right yeah. there at seven. So I, I was on that one as well. But again, sure. you uh, the, the numbers for Matty Ice that it was a Matty Ice game, two hundred eighty-four yeah. yards and seventeen completions is sick, man. Yeah. You don't lose that game. You do not lose that game, except you're and playing again, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. What did we? What did I talk about with Atlanta? That is a running team in disguise as a high-flying passing attack. And what did they? The very first play they had from scrimmage was a was a thirty-something yard run. Thirty-six yards on a on a toss play to Devontae yeah. Freeman, just right out the box. And, all, and, and as soon as that happened, because the Patriots got the ball and punted right away. Now the Falcons did punt on right. that drive too, but all of a sudden they're in the shadow of their own goalpost, and then just a quick toss out to Devontae Freeman, and he's up, he's up, you know, off to the side, and then up the middle, and you're like. Whoa. Oh, 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 yep. oh, what was that? Here we go. It, it, it just started like, okay, they can, they clearly, they can run on these guys. Then that loosened up everything. And then as the, as the game progressed and then all of a sudden, guess what? Oh, after the LeGarrette Blunt, that was what was like, it, there were so many good things. They get the strip on LeGarrette Blunt, scoreless yep. game, right? At that point. Mm-hmm. And then boom, here come the, fa- and they went down the field. And it was like you blinked and you missed it that drive for them to score a touchdown. Now, ultimately, at the end of the game, they maybe they needed to take a little more time off the clock and, and, and keep that defense off the field. But that's early in the game when everything is fast. And, and Atlanta, to that point, had been slow and methodical, and they're trading punts. And then all of a sudden, they get the, the, the turnover, and you felt that team go into attack mode, and they just went right down the field and scored that touchdown quick on the Patriots. They're like, boom, 7 nothing. And then, boom, another touchdown. And then the pick six right before halftime. You're like, okay. And then and then the Patriots are right down there and have to settle for a field goal right before halftime. 21 to three. And you're like, what did I just witness? Did, did I just see this happen this way? Um, ah, but what did you text me at that time? What did I text you at that time? Said it's setting up just like I said it was twenty-one to three, tw- three touchdowns in the first half, which is exactly what I said that the Falcons yeah. would get right into my hands, right into the Patriots doing what they do. Yeah, they had them right where they, they, they had them right where they the wanted them. They had them right where they wanted them. I, I don't down think the Patriots. Three, yeah. I don't think the Patriots wanted to be down twenty-one to three. Just, just saying, I don't think they wanted to be down twenty-one to three at halftime. And yet they were the team ready to make a comeback from something like that. They didn't want to be there 
but every other team that had been down that much went on to lose the Super Bowl, some of them in really embarrassing fashion, and not yes. Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Yeah, uh, and, and you said the name right there. I mean, he that Bill Belichick, I, I still put him above Brady because, like I said, they win without Brady. They win games without him. They needed him in this game, but they've proven that they can win without him. Um, the, 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 the thing that to me is, yeah, they just, that there was no panic. There was no fear. Um, you felt a little panic cause they were, they were sloppy. They were sloppy until they finally got that touchdown drive. And then even then when they joined to the extra point, you're like, eh, <laughs> like no, oh my God, they're really? sort of coming out of the balloon. They're, they're human. They, they, they really are. And it was more of a, we're just doing this. <laughs> Damn it. We need some points, you know. It wasn't that we're trying to get you can't get twenty five points in one drive, um, because you kept having that feeling like, man, Atlanta's got to have more points in them, and then they they just they got stupid. It was it was something. Uh, I don't I don't know what Atlanta did. They uh, I, I don't think they necessarily got stupid. I think, like I said, the big play was Matty Ice having no awareness and getting stripped and giving New England exactly what they needed. Uh, but around that, before and after, they were still making their chunk plays, and they were still uh, running the ball effectively. It was just one of those things where when they got to money time, when they got near field goal range, the Patriots did what they had to do and got sacks and knocked them out of field goal range and, and with the holding penalties as well. So it was just almost Yeah, but I, honestly, though, honestly, tell me if I'm wrong. They got to that. 25 yard line when Julio Jones made that catch. Please tell me you were sitting there thinking the same thing I was thinking. Run, run, run at that point, right? Uh, because I wasn't thinking can, three plays ahead. I'm thinking the next three plays. It's first down and 10 at the 25 yard line. They try to run on second down and it got stuffed for a minus one. And then, oh, we got to do a seven step drop. No, <laughs> run. You've been running on these guys all game. The clock is your friend. You're in field goal range. The worst thing that happens is you get stuffed twice. It's three minutes, three and a half minutes to go once they've run all that clock. And now you can kick the try to kick the field goal and go up eleven instead of punting. Oh, just worst sequence of the game for the Falcons was right there at their Patriots twenty-five yard line in field goal range. Somehow finding a way out of field goal range <laughs> from the twenty-five yard line when all they needed to do was run. Well, because they were what popping, I wrote. they were popping runs the whole game. I'll tell you what I wrote in my notes exactly. It was right after the Freeman uh, wide-open catch and Julio with that disgusting catch. And I go, this is why Atlanta's offense is the most explosive in the league. So I'm not going to say that I had a problem with them dropping back on third down because they were doing what they do, and they were going to win the game by doing what they do. Yeah. The big sack was actually on second down. That sack was on second and eleven. And then okay. the holding penalty was on third down, which made it third and 33. Um, and then they had an incomplete pass, which made it fourth and 33, and they had to punt. So, yeah, because it was it was third down when the play happened. It was the play after the sack. So it was a, a Freeman run for minus one. Matt Ryan gets sacked for a 12-yard loss, then the holding penalty with the phantom face mask. 
Um, that was that whole sequence right there when all you needed was the Freeman run for minus one and two more Freeman runs <laughs> or <laughs> something quick, something quick, you know, a quick hitter, a wide receiver screen, get, keep the momentum going forward and just get that thing out of there quick because Matt Ryan on the, on the big dropbacks was under pressure the whole game. And it didn't change. He got sacked again. So that was the not learning from what was actually happening in the game in the moment. Their two worst plays of the game. Their two worst plays were Matt Ryan's getting the strip sack and then that sack to bump them mostly out of field goal range. Two worst plays of the game are right there. There's your defeat. That's true. But I'm, yeah, but, but I'm still not going to say that I was uh, doing anything at the time other than admiring the big balls on Kyle Shanahan and the Falcons doing what got them to the dance and continuing to do it. So I, I can't say that I'm, was, I, I was against it because I was actually in favor of it and admiring it and going, this is how they're going to win the title. Wow, way to go. Uh, until the sack and, 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 the, and the penalty. Yeah, but they also went out that way too. So I guess you have to yeah. admire them in defeat. Almost. Right, they, they went out the way. True, they, they went out the way they brung them. Yeah, the issue, the issue was the issue was that they weren't playing the Packers defense or the Saints defense, or you know, they weren't playing weak teams able to do that. And they could just keep scoring and scoring and scoring. They had all the points that they needed to win the game, and they needed to protect the lead. And they, they never were able to switch into that mode of playing with a lead and, and, and keeping the ball away from the Patriots and, and using the clock as your friend. I understand going for the win. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, if teams get too conservative, we blame them a lot. But as soon as Julio Jones caught that ball and I was like, boom, they're in field goal range. It's like, a, you know, I'm already calculating. It's like a 42, 43 yarder. Matt Bryant's going to make that most of the time. Sure, there's still that risk that you that you miss the field goal. But what I'm thinking is, don't go backwards. Stay right. You get got to keep it there. You've at least yeah. got the chance to try to win the game versus trying to not lose the game. You did what you needed to do. You got your team in the field goal position. Now win the game. They didn't need the touchdown yeah. there. They needed points. If Belichick were coaching that team with that lead he probably would have overruled some of the offensive calls and, and made them run something more conservative. And, and so they would have held on and did what, what they had to do to stay in field goal range. But that's the difference. This is Dan Quinn versus Bill Belichick. And Dan Quinn yeah. didn't have that kind of control over his team. And, yeah. and, and Dan Quinn said the all the right things. Dan Quinn said all the right things in the post game. You know, all, you know, we're an aggressive team, and we, we stayed aggressive. And we, 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 this is how who we are, and this is what we have. But in his mind, he's like, oh, man, we, should, oh. we totally should have just run the ball. Run the ball. What are you doing? You can't fire Shanahan. I can't fire Shanahan because he's leaving. <laughs> he's already so, leaving. <laughs> he's already leaving, so I don't have to worry about disgracing him and firing him. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fire my defensive coordinator and my D-line coach. <laughs> yeah. Even though for three oh, quarters, those guys looked like the biggest geniuses in football because they had solved the Patriots for three quarters. But damn it, one of the man, best they could defensive games the Falcons played all year. Easily. Easily. Grady Jackson well, was a, uh, Grady Jared, rather, was a beast. Grady Jarrett. Who? Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
the great Grady Jarrett. Yeah, that guy. Courtney Upshaw's beast. Yeah. It, it wasn't Vic Beasley. Was, you know, although Vic guys. Beasley still had that chance to pick that ball off in the end zone. <laughs> well, that's true. But I can't blame but, him for that because that's not his thing. He's not a hands not guy. That's not his game. So. Yeah. His yeah. game was getting out. He made he broke up the pass, but after that happened, you're like, yeah, they're going in on this play. There's no way they're not getting this thing in. There's no way they're not getting this in. But that was the one. You're like, oh, oh, they had a chance. He could have, he could have had that one. You know, that would have been. You know, everything that they had that could have just gone their way, didn't. They could have made a play. One play. They make one play on defense somewhere. They stop them on the fourth down. Alford makes that pick. Be, you know, somebody makes a play. They stop one of those two point conversions, make a play, and they couldn't make a play. They had nothing left. I told, I texted you right after the game. I said they just, mm-hmm. they ran out of gas. They, it was yeah, sad to watch, but you literally were watching Atlanta defense, no doubt. You were watching a team that just basically spent all of their energy building up that lead that they just had nothing left. And classic Brady drives because he had the protection because the defense was so tired, uh, allowing him to make those drives, a little misdirection thrown in, which they waited longer. I thought the Patriots could have done some uh, misdirection type plays earlier in the game and taken advantage of that Atlanta speed, get him flowing one way and throw the other way. They didn't really have time to do a lot of that because the Falcons were coming after him so hot and heavy. But later on in the game, you notice some of those uh, fake jet sweeps and and pitch it the other way and then plays like that. The the game winner in overtime had a a fake jet sweep and then uh, pitch it to to, uh, James White, who barely got it in. and you could see the the Atlanta defense start to flow towards the the guy streaking across on the jet sweep before the pitch. So it did it did the job. It did exactly what it's supposed to do, which is get him going one way, a, a false step one way, and that gave White just enough space to get in there and and get the the game winning touchdown. So uh, it's amazing what the Patriots did because there were things that they could have done even better or even earlier in the game that at least from my viewpoint that they waited on and still were still had time after all was said and done, still had time to get some of those other plays in and, and get it done. Yeah. Just, just an absolutely, just a wild finish, a wild finish to the year. And, and it highlighted all the good and bad things that we talk about with football, but all game. It was, I mean, it was, it was the two best teams. Let, let's not mistake that Atlanta. No shame that you were the second best team in the league. You, you clearly showed that you deserved to be there. They didn't go out and get embarrassed like they did the first time they went to the Super Bowl. You know, they, yes, they blew the biggest lead ever. Okay, that's fine. You also had a gigantic lead, so you did some things good. You, you played good, and you play actually played great for huge chunks of that game. And they looked like the best team in football. The problem was they just weren't the best team in football. (laughs) They were the second best team in football and it got them. There's no shame in that. Now that's all they're going to be remembered as losers, but don't forget you lost this. You still got to the Super Bowl. teams that lose the Super Bowl still get there. They still had to go through the playoffs. They still had to beat the other teams. There's no, there's no shame 
You know, like when we talked about that World Series, like one of the greatest World Series that we've ever seen with the Cubs and the Indians, there was no shame for the Indians overcoming what they had to overcome, even blowing the 3-1 lead and having the Cubs totally on the ropes. In the end, the better team still won. The better team still overcame and won. Same thing happened in the Super Bowl. The, the, the Falcons gave the Patriots everything they could handle, but in the end, the better team still won. In the end, the Falcons just wore out. They just didn't have the horses. They did not have, they did, they, they were too small, too inexperienced, and just not the better team. And in the end, the better team won. We saw the same, we talk about the World Series a lot. The same thing happened there. In the end, the better team won. The Indians were just, just too hurt. And, and, you know, the Cubs just had too much talent to not shine through. And the Patriots were the best team in football all year long, and the best team ultimately won. The Falcons are going to go down as the one season or one game version of the Jim Kelly Buffalo Bills, who always talked about they were seen as sort of losers, lovable losers. Oh, look at them. They get to four Super Bowls. They can't win them all. Oh, but we love them anyway. And they always talked about, hey, we got there. A lot of teams uh, would kill to get yeah. there. A lot of players that we talked to would kill to have been, to have participated in four Super Bowls. Uh, so the Falcons are going to be the, the one-year version of that. They got to a Super Bowl, and a lot of teams would have killed to get there. The, the Dak Prescott and the Cowboys would have loved to have that shot. Aaron yeah. Rodgers and the Packers would have loved to have had that shot. They weren't good enough. The Falcons were better than both of them. They are the ones that earned that shot, and they they get that embarrassment of, of blowing the biggest lead in Super Bowl history. But they were there. They're they're going to be doing those, like I said, the, the thirty for thirties in the books and all that. Twenty years later, thirty years later, when they talk about this game, those players are going to refer to it as, "Oh, it was crushing. It was heartbreaking, but." it was still a positive experience because we were there. At least we were in the Super Bowl. And we as fans are probably going to look at it differently. We're probably going to sort of look at them and snicker like, you guys choked it away so bad. But they look at it different. Players look at it different. And and that's what they should do. They 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 did achieve what they achieved. They won the NFC title, and, and no one can take that away from it. So uh, they absolutely yeah, and, should be proud of this season. And you didn't, you didn't get much – in some of what I saw from the post-game stuff, you know, I've watched, I've watched a little of it on YouTube. I couldn't watch any of it live, and I have definitely not watched any of the ESPN. I've read articles. The, the Patriots, more so than usual, were extremely gracious, almost humble in this win. They were not arrogant. They were not cocky. Because even, even Brady in some of his post-game comments, because I think they realized – they were getting it put to them. They were living if it. You're, they had yeah, to come back. If you're losing a Super Bowl basically. 25 points, you know you you got away with one coming yeah. back and winning that. You had no yeah. business. They so they knew they were they they yeah like you said they they escaped they they pulled it off they pulled off the miracle win but I think to a man if you ask any of those guys they'll tell you. They were absolutely getting the screws put to them for most of that game by Atlanta. Atlanta had the scheme. They they ultimately didn't have the talent, but they had the talent for when that talent was healthy and fresh in that game, and they had the motor going. 
they were given maybe that youth was a benefit and a, it was obviously a benefit and a a, a, a a detraction I would say for Atlanta that it just wore out but when they were getting that when they had that energy and the exuberance and they were getting that they were really making the Patriots look awful so I think that the, this one more than any of those Super Bowls I think the Patriots understood like wow whoo yeah yeah, we, we, we're glad we won this one, and we, we pulled off this monumental comeback. But yeah, they, they were very respecting of what the other team was doing to them to have to make them earn that comeback. And it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't sound forced or fake or in that typical, you know, we're one game at a time kind of way. It felt like, oh man, we were really lucky to win that Super Bowl because they were whooping us. And, and they were. And, and you brought up those Bills teams. I don't look back on those Bills teams as a joke. Those were, even though they, yes, they, they, they weren't the best teams in football, but they were the best team in the AFC four years in a row. And, and, and they, every year, even though they went to the Super Bowl and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, they deserved to be there. And history... I think has been more kind to those Bills teams than than history will be to this Falcons team, because unless the Falcons win, go to the next three Super Bowls, <laughs> you know, and lose them all, <laughs> um, history won't be as kind to this squad unless they win everything. They they have this team has to win it all for redemption. I think the Bills, with all of the Hall of Famers on those teams and how good and what just what they did, even though it always ended in a loss, what they did will never be repeated. I don't think anybody ever is going to four straight Super Bowls ever again, whether you win them or lose them. I don't know if we'll ever see that. And and those were, and I grew up watching those teams. Those were great. So did you. Those were great mm-hmm. teams. Those Bills teams were star-studded, chock-full of Hall of Fame type, you know, Hall of Famers type of teams. This Atlanta team is not chock-full of Hall of Famers at all. It's got Julio Jones. If he continues the way he's going, Julio Jones, no problem. I don't know if Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer because all of this that he's nah. had has been lately. He's got his MVP, but all of his success, other than a little bit of early success, he never hit, doesn't have the playoff pedigree. Right, Matt Ryan's not a Hall of Famer, if you ask me. Um, Julio Jones could be a Hall of Famer. That could be the only one on this team. This isn't. Jim Kelly and, and and Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith. You know, there's other guys, I'm sure, probably linemen. Um, you know, there are, and there are, and then there are great players, you know, you know Andre Reed. Andre Reed, is he in the Hall of Fame? The Football Hall of Fame is so bizarre. But you think about, yeah. you know, uh, think about Reed and, and James Lofton. You know, and all those all those offensive guys that they had, and then with in that K gun offense, and and then they had they did have, and what doesn't get talked about because they got blowed out in Super Bowls. They had a great defense; those were good defenses. Um, history will be much more kind to the Bills than it'll ever be to this Falcons team, unless this Falcons team is able to bounce back in the next few years here with this relatively same squad with the same coach, same quarterback, and actually just break through and win the Super Bowl. Otherwise, history is just going to laugh at these guys, which is sad because, like I said, for three quarters, they looked like they were slaying the dragon. It sure did. Uh, The one thing that we could laugh at real quick is 
the little bit of bitching that I read from uh, Mike Florio on Pro Football uh, ProFootballTalk.com, more bitching and whining about the team winning the coin toss in overtime, going down and scoring a touchdown, and the other team doesn't get a chance. It's not fair. The other team should get a chance too. It's First of all, the game never should have gone to overtime. The game never should have gone to overtime. You know, the Falcons were, were perfect. But even with that, even going yeah. to overtime, the Falcons can stop the Patriots anytime they want. Anytime. They're allowed to yeah. stop the Patriots. Although, for all we know, the Falcons could have won the toss and done the exact same thing. I might you, venture to guess they probably would have you gone could, down yeah. to school so you, and won the game. So, you, so, yeah, you can have the whole season boil down to heads or tails. That's what it ended up happening. I get what he's saying. But, yeah, any, anywhere in that sequence. But the team that loses the toss any, is yeah. allowed to stop the other team. Anytime they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the Fal- you knew the Falcons weren't going to. They had nothing left. Oh, yeah. As soon as the Patriots yeah, won the toss, I could have gone to bed. Right. As soon as, yeah, as soon as they won the toss, I could have gone to bed. It was over. I mean, it, as soon as they tied the game and, and Matt Ryan couldn't get that field goal attempt in, it felt every, everything was just like, oh, forget it. You saw that the the Falcons couldn't stop him. Tom Brady went like six for six on that drive. I mean, they they couldn't get to Brady. They couldn't cover anybody. They had there was no mojo or juice or nothing left in that defense. The game, unless something crazy happened, somebody gets stripped or Brady throws an errant pass that gets tipped. And other than it was it was hard because all six of those balls dudes were wide open. He, there, he no wasn't, nothing was contested. So you knew as soon as the Patriots won the toss, the way they had just moved the ball down the Falcons' throats the whole game, the game was over. Were they, uh, was that, was there, was that a touchback on the, on the kickoff? Cause that should have been kicked short because again, the weakness of that team. And here's where the Falcons did make a, a, a miscalculation was kicking all these deep balls, making them take touchbacks. Those guys can't return kicks. They fumble everything. I don't <laughs> know why the Falcons didn't try more of what Bill Belichick and the Patriots did all year, which was the short floating kick to the corner that comes down around the five-yard line. And then what were the Falcons worried about? A, a, a kick return touchdown? You got to make them earn it. And if they were watching that Patriots team, if there was one, I, point, I talked about this on the pick show. Mm-hmm. For the Super Bowl, if there's one glaring weakness that the and they had tons or every single one of these touchdowns, stop giving them the ball to 25. It, that jumped out to me. And when you don't play to that, you take the ball out of their hands and just keep giving them the ball at the 25-yard line. You're actually helping them at that point. So now I'm just yeah, nitpicking. Right. <laughs> well, this is a good time to shut it down because you're starting to break up really bad there as well. And We've both been having oh, okay. connection issues tonight. But yeah, what a what a game. What a Super Bowl. It's unbelievable to watch. Uh, and like I said, if you're a sports fan, you, you had to sort of marvel and, and – and, enjoy what was happening that Tom Brady was leading that 
incredible comeback. The Falcons allowed it. A lot of Fal- a lot of factors factored in the Falcons allowing it. The Patriots blocking it up, and, and some some luck was involved that Edelman catch. But that's that's sports, man. There's always some luck involved. There's always some other elements involved. There's always a lot of different things that go into it. But that's why we watch sports as far as I'm concerned, is to see greatness excel in pressure situations. And that's exactly what we saw. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I wasn't enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I understand. I was watching it, and I wasn't overreacting to it. You you just thought I'd have been just, like, losing my shit. I wasn't losing my shit. I was very sort of okay with it because it was just like, oh, this is just the pay. It's all set up. It feels like a setup. If you, it, it almost felt like it was like scripted. Not, I'm not saying that it was, but nope. it almost had that feeling like it's all set up for the, the Tom Brady, right? This scenario felt much more likely than the Falcons being Super Bowl champs. To tell me I'm wrong. You're, you're not wrong. There you go. No, you could fall right into the uh, to some of the other conspiracy theorists. You'd be right with them. It's rigged. Uh, Trump called and made the Falcons throw that game just because. Uh, yeah, I'll right tell you what. I I find that more plausible than than some of the other things I've heard, but <laughs> it, it definitely felt ripe for a New England comeback and cementing Brady's all the things that have happened as a result of this with the comeback feel like what was supposed to happen anyways. And, and that's all I'll say. I'm not going to go full, you know, conspiracy theory here. The NFL is not as conspiracy theory driven as like I, with NBA, where I believed all that stuff, where I totally still believe in all that stuff back when it was all fixed um, back when with the Shaq era, that was all fake. I'm sorry. That was like WWE, <laughs> the NBA, because the refs were driving everything. They, the, the way that I mean, where I remember being in in bars and watching games, and everybody in the place, you could just see with the calls and the non calls how it was being impacted, and it was it, you knew you were just waiting to see the dollar bills sticking out of the refs' pockets. It's hard to do in the NFL, um, but it still felt. <laughs> It still felt like the most probable outcome is what happened, and now it's just kicked into overdrive, and now it's the story. If the Falcons went out and blowed the Patriots out, that that's not a story. That's not going to sell. It's just the Patriots went out and got beat by a lesser team, and nobody, football people would have appreciated what happened, but I don't know. This definitely felt weird. It felt like this was what was supposed to happen. I'll agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go all conspiracy theory. I'm just, I'll leave it there. I will leave it at that. Um, I contacted Dave, the movie expert. He said he is uh, on board for our Oscar oh. show once again. So we Great. Look forward I've seen to that. none of these movies. I've seen as many as you have, uh, okay. but I've heard a lot about them. And I've and I've read when, a lot about them. So about when, yeah, I, I trust me. I'm always well read on movies, and I'm always well read on Oscars and all that stuff. I just don't have the time to watch the movies, but I read yeah. about them. You know, so we, we don't sound like complete idiots on that show. Um, um, I still but, probably sound like a complete idiot, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, but it's most shows for us, but well, yeah, just in different ways. <laughs> so when when would that be uh, when? 
Uh, the Oscars are February 26th, so we would do the show that weekend, Friday or Saturday night, the 24th or the 25th, something like that. Oh, that's okay. It's not very that's far away. That's interesting. Basically, two weeks from now. Are you? Uh, yeah, probably. I'll probably have to do. I'll probably have to do Friday night, and I'll probably have to do it late, um, because the twenty fifth is my daughter's birthday party. Ah. And yeah, that'd be uh, and, hard to explain. Interrupting yeah, my daughter, that to go. My, to the my daughter's fifth. My daughter's fifth birthday party is that night. So. Cool. Um, it's not her birthday. But her birthday's on a right. Wednesday this year. Wednesday is not a day for for birthday parties, so right. we're having it the Saturday before her birthday. So, yeah, she'll be turning five if you can believe that. She's basically grown up, grown up with our show for the most part. Yeah, no kidding. So hey, I'll, have, I'll have to have her on. I'll have to have her on the show one of these nights. One of the one of the one of the nine p.m. Kings of non sequitur shows that we have, we can have my daughter be a special guest star. That wouldn't that be something? Uh, the cute factor waiting to go skyrocketing. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, and as I'm I'm going through here, and I'm looking at the show page, and I look at the shows that still have people listening to them. We actually had a lot of a uh, lot of listens to our Super Bowl show, which is good. I hope you put money on on, on my picks because I was I was on uh, fire there. Got the over and the uh, and the Patriots yeah. rally back to cover the three. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, I but I also I had noticed all of that, that one. Like I've been going back and listening to some shows, but I know which ones I listen to. I'm seeing random listens to really old shows, like first season shows. I'm like okay, um, what we I'm guessing is that, that somebody. Somebody in Australia has <laughs> one of our, discovered one of our, our friends show. down under. That's right. So that's that's my theory. So I'm see I'm putting a little bow on the show there for you. Started with Australia, end with Australia. We love you, Australia. Go drink some Fosters and punch some kangaroos. <laughs> And you just and you're ending the show the same way it started because you went just full drive-through speaker just now. Uh, it's a Friday night, we look to preview the Oscars coming up, the 89th Oscars Awards coming up in a couple of weekends. So we look forward to that. Looking forward to having Dave, the movie expert, on and getting into some of these movies. It's, I've heard some things about some of these movies. Almost enough to make me want to go watch some of them. Almost. Not yet. Not quite. Wow. But almost makes me want to actually check some of these out. So there's a chance. There's a slight chance I'll actually uh, sneak in and, and catch one of these before the Oscars show. So I will but make an either. attempt. I will make an yeah. attempt Ooh, to watch. I will make an attempt to watch at, at least a couple. I got to try. I'm home. I got to at least try firing up a couple of these Oscars movies. I'll give it a try. That's how I feel. I, I feel like I got to try, at least try to see a couple of these. So we'll, we'll see yeah. how much. And if you're going to watch one weeks. of them, you know, and I don't know, should we, if you're going to watch one of them, let me know. Cause I'll try not to watch that one. So if I'm going to watch something, I'll try to want out, make sure that we didn't just watch the same movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll make sure that we're not covering the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Yeah, I need to figure out a way that I can watch one on like fast speed or something like I do with our podcast. 
So I could just kind of like get the Cliff Notes quick version of the movie, you know. They should have that. Uh, Why don't they have that? Why don't they have Cliff Notes? One and a half times speed. Yeah. Cliff Notes movies, though. Just show me like the 10, you know, I remember like when I was in high school, if they wanted me to read a book for 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 a test, I read the first chapter, the middle chapter, and the last <laughs> chapter. I did that with several books and always got like B's on the test because, and I'm not talking about a movie, a book with three chapters, okay? Because that would, <laughs> watch the first, yeah. no, like 20 chapter book, you read the first chapter, a middle chapter and the last chapter, you pretty much know who lived, who died, what happened. It's all explained to you, and you can pass any test. I'm not going to tell my kids that, but you can pass almost any test just reading three <laughs> chapters in any book. I yeah, did it for almost not, all of high school. Do not advise people to do that either. We're, we're certainly not suggesting that. Don't punch kangaroos and don't read three chapters <laughs> of a book and try to get away with that. <laughs> we're not officially uh, suggesting that. By the way, uh, the the schedule for the uh, for the off season shows early on usually goes like this: we have our Oscar show, we have March Madness where we're picking our brackets for the uh, college basketball tournament, we have a WrestleMania preview show with, that's usually with Jerry the wrestling expert. Hopefully, we'll have him back this year as well. Uh, we'll have a baseball preview show. We'll talk a little bit after we get back from our fantasy draft in Chicago for our high money fantasy baseball league our al only league we'll have a show after that to sort of recap the draft and, and talk about our trip to chicago that we take every year and then of course the nfl draft aftermath the uh, the night after the first round of the draft we get on and break down a little bit of what happened in the draft hopefully we won't have anybody with a gas mask uh smoking a bong uh before the draft begins this year. hopefully we'll, we can avoid some of everything that. Everything has to be next level now. Everything has to be over the top. Oh, no. How do you top it? How do you, how do you keep people watching? How are you going to get somebody to watch the Super Bowl after what just happened? You got to keep going over the top. So, oh boy. So now we're going to have one of the draft picks live tweeting on Facebook, like fucking a hooker or something uh, during the draft. And, and as far as the Super Bowl next year, somebody will have to come back from a 35 point deficit. That's how we're going to top all of that. Right. Yeah. It's just it, now everything has to be bigger than the next. We'll have a World Series blow a 3-0 lead now instead of a 3-1 lead. You know, it's going to happen. Uh, and, of course, at the end of the uh, offseason, the beginning of the football season starting up, the night of the uh, – or the night before – or the night after. I forget which one. The night after the uh, Hall of uh, – the, the Hall of Fame game. In the Hall of uh, the Hall of Fame ceremonies yep. in the NFL, we have our Hall of Infamy induction, our own special Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy, where we uh, alternate inducting people, places, things, uh, quotations, inanimate objects, you name it. Uh, and this year, it is Jay's turn to do the induction. So we will certainly look forward to that yep. as well. And uh, also, right. any in th those are the structured shows, and then you and I yeah. will probably a good two or three times during the off season here. We'll just throw in a random good old Kings of Non Sequitur show just just for just for shits and giggles. We just got to get something off our chests, and we'll be like, you know what? There's enough stuff floating around out there. Let's do a show. Damn it! That's right. So many things happen in sports, and we have to get those things, like you yep. said, off our chests. 
uh, if we ever get popular enough, maybe uh, maybe you people down in Australia, maybe our, our fans down under uh, can help us out. If we ever got popular enough one day, I'd love to do a show like an Ask Us Anything show where people have emailed in a bunch of questions, anything that they want to know about us or, or the show or, or anything like that, uh, where they or maybe things that have happened that they want our opinions on, where they can either email us or, uh, the, their questions or call into the show live at the time that it's on, something uh, along those lines. I, I promise we'll do a show like that. If I get, uh, what do I set the number at, five maybe? If I get five emails at, at any point this summer from people wanting wow. to know something, I'll structure a whole damn show around those five because you know it only takes one question to get us going and we can go for 30 minutes on, on that one subject and oh. you look up and go, what, what were we talking yeah. about? Yeah, this show this show's technically been over for 20 minutes. Uh he has he's still Dre, uh Jay. I'm still Dre. This is still in much less detail the podcast and we're still trying to get out of here. Uh so That's right. We'll definitely we'll definitely get out if I start playing music cuz there's no way we can avoid getting out after that. So if I start playing music we'll definitely have to stop talking. So there we go. Now we are official. Thank baseball? you for joining us. This is a, uh, this is a baseball song. I'm thinking of all the baseball bloopers. That's what this video was. It's sports bloopers, wasn't it? It wasn't just baseball. So I remember some I just basketball watched, bloopers I just watched. Well. I just watched a quarter and a half of sports bloopers. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> well, it's it's a memory of a lot of different bloopers. And that game was sort of a blooper for a lot of people, if you want to look at it that way. All right. Are we going to stop talking now, or are we done? We're done. We're done now. All right. We're done now. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.